Hi, my name is Uma. And I'm Parisa, and welcome back to our podcast, Two Bookish Girls. Today, we'll be reviewing and discussing They Both Die at the End by Adam Silvera. Now, this is one of the best standalones I've ever read. Yeah, it's a here. beautiful novel, and I recommend it to everybody. I know the author spent a good five years working on this, and it really paid off. I can yeah, see. it's a masterpiece. So, it's, so it's good. very good. I mean, the idea is good, and it's definitely... It's a very cool novel. And spoiler alert, they both die at the end. Oh my god. So. That's so. Yeah. I would never have guessed. I'm literally. My friend was reading it and she was like, I don't like this book. And I'm like, what? We'll wait till the end. And then she was all like, wait, they both died. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. They what did both you died think? At the end. Okay, no, do you I think under- there was going to be some kind of miracle. No, I I understand because when it said they both die at the end, I was like, okay, well they're going to die at the end. But as I read into the book, I was like, they literally cannot die at the end. That would be so bad. And you, I mean, like you, you're just hoping for some kind of miracle that they both. It, yeah, come out exactly. Alive I was then- like, well, the author said they were going to both die at the end, so they're probably not going to die at the end. Even though we were like, okay, they cannot die at the end. Even though the title is literally they both die at the end. If they didn't die at the end, it would just be like mm, defeats the purpose of yeah, the entire novel. Exactly. So, I mean, you hope um, in spite of the title. And at some point I was like, okay, they're definitely not going to die at the end. Because that's what the title really? says. And like, yeah. I was like, they both die at the end. That's so dumb. I thought it was like <laughs> metaphorical. But they literally both, died, both at died at the end. I mean, that's the whole point. They get a call saying, okay, you're going to die at the end of the day. And so they're like, or do you're going to die at some point in the day? And yeah, they have 24 hours or less. Okay, let's jump into yeah. the summary instead of just like rattling off facts. Um, on midnight on the day of September 5th, Mateo, who is one of our main characters, um, receives a phone call from a company named Deathcast. And this company, what's very special is they are able to predict the death of an individual, like when they are going to die, and um, they will give you a call. And they call him and inform him that he is somebody known as a Decker. And now a Decker means that you have around a day left to live, less or around, and that's when they'll give you a call. And So at some point in those 24 hours, Mateo will die. And so he initially intends to spend it's his like kind of last day, which we call an end day, in his bedroom just reading, even though he knows he can't read a bunch of books. He decides he to push himself to really live for the first time because he's a very reserved kind of um This is going to sound shy. stupid, but emo. <laughs> no, not like emo like that, like emo Brocken, like that kind of emo. Like very, not emo, but like, you know what I'm saying. He's he is very like Uma said reserved, not outgoing. Kind of spends his life in his room with books and stuff like that. And so now that he knows that he has literally less than twenty four hours, I think hours I think to we live, just described the the majority of the teenage population. Okay, so right I am also a part of this teenage population, but that is not the point. I go out from time to time. Mm, I mean, I like going out with certain people, such as you and I. Actually, other... don't enjoy going out with Uma. I just wow. kinda, I just kind of I come here for a dog who eats my shoes. It's kind of and my dog is also scared of hats and badminton badminton rackets and a lot of things. Uh, other stuff is kind of special. Mm-hmm. You um you get a hat, she'll start growling at you. It's it's like she plays. She'll growl at the hat, not you. No, but she'll start she, growling at you eventually. Mm, she despises, especially the sparkly ones. She didn't like sparkly things. Mm-hmm. Not a fan of bedazzling. 
Mm-mm. Damn. New Year's was definitely a time. Yeah, we chased around with that. Okay. No, 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 we didn't do that, but yeah, we did. Oh, two my God. years ago. That was two years ago, though. That's okay. Okay. So, um, he decides to push himself to live, and he downloads this app called Last Friends, and this app was developed so that lonely Decker, such as himself, could spend one last day truly living. Yeah, so he get, he, he meets a few really sketchy people on there, but eventually he finds this guy named uh, Rufus, who um, kind of, he thinks, oh, okay, maybe this could work. And but he's still really reluctant to kind of go out and live for the first time. Yeah, and so Rufus, who is our other main character, setting up his scene, he is in the middle of beating up his ex-girlfriend's new boyfriend. So already, right off the bat, we know that he's definitely different from Mateo. Mm-hmm. And um, he's in the middle of beating up his ex-girlfriend's uh, new boyfriend when he receives a call from the death cast saying that he, too, is a Decker. And meaning he has less than 24 hours to live. And we've explained, of course, that a Decker means he has less than 24 hours to live. So, basically, um, he, his best friends, who are, at the time, Malcolm and Togo, um, Togoe, I don't really know how to pronounce it, tell him that, whatever, he should just live with the news, not, you know, go do anything super rash because it's his last day on Earth or something Even like that. Rufus's personality is the exact opposite. So um, he allows Peck to leave. Remember, he's the guy he's been beating up so he could return to his foster home to say his goodbyes. And so, um, basically, his he has a group of friends called the Plutos and stuff like that. And so the that Plutos can... kind of hold a funeral for Rufus in a way, but that is rudely interrupted by Peck. And he calls the police to arrest Rufus for you know, attempted murder because he was beating him up. Even though that was, like, a really shitty thing to do since it's his last day. Yeah. And so now Rufus is on the run as a fugitive on his last day on Earth. I don't... Yeah. So that's that. Um, Mateo and Rufus now meet through Last Friend and decide to spend the day together, which is kind of weird at first because you're like, okay, so on one hand, we have a... um, attempted murdering fugitive and on the other hand we have a dude who spends his day in his room reading books so let's see how this is gonna but go you could i feel like they they bring out the best in each oh other. no they definitely do but at, when i first read it i was like oh two polar opposites literally the world's most but, polar opposite but, people but they have something in common so yeah don't mean they could make it work the dying thing that's kind of morbid okay um so Rufus agrees to go to the hospital so Mateo could visit his father. And his father has been in a coma for a while. And Mateo uh, leaves a good night. Yeah. A good night. A good, good night. night. <laughs> a goodbye good night. note for his father if he ever wakes up. And when he wakes up, uh, Uma just keeps cracking her like knuckles. It's it's really It was annoying. my elbow. Her elbow. <laughs> Sorry. It doesn't make elbow. it much better. Um. Then they go to see Lydia, Mateo's best friend, and Mateo's goddaughter, and he doesn't want to make Lydia upset, so Mateo pretends everything's normal, just like it's a normal visit. Now, we see that Mateo is a very kind character, and he's, like, never 
really one even though she's your best friend you're supposed to tell best friends a lot of things especially like if you're gonna die but i i get where he where he was coming from i think he should have told her just to prepare her for what was going to come but But i think it was his own way of kind of protecting her yeah i guess it's it was very bittersweet uh why did i say bittersweet like that it was kind of like bittersweet because the entire time we know he was gonna die and it was kind of just lydia was just oblivious to that fact yeah it was kind of um after this, he blocks her phone number, but he leaves her an envelope of cash, obviously, to help her, because he's not going to need cash anymore. And then um, the Rufus, on the other hand, receives a call from Amy. Amy is his ex-girlfriend, um, telling him that Malcolm and Tigo, I apologize if we're pronouncing Tigo. this wrong. We yeah. probably are. Um, um, we're arrested. But- and these are the other part of the Plutos. While they were attempting to hold off the police to give um, Rufus more time to run away. And um, after this, Rufus kind of opens up to his past about Mateo, and he explains that... About his past to Mateo. <laughs> no, no. Ugh, I meant that. I, I really did mean that. Okay. So and... he explained that his parents and sister received the phone call from Death Cast on the same day, and they all drowned when their car crashed into the river. And since Rufus didn't get the call, he was the only survivor, so he has... A lot of childhood trauma. Yeah, and, and it's really and he lives. Bra- in it's brave for him to open up about that because you know it. There's nobody making him, and especially to a stranger. I think maybe he kind of wanted to mm. get it out just so he could finally tell somebody. But this kind of deepens the bond between Mateo. Oh, and definitely. Lucas. Yeah, telling him his childhood trauma definitely deepens their kind of non-existent bond. Okay. Um, non-existent. Non. Whatever. Almost so nitpicky. Okay. Um, Rufus and Mateo kind of after this they go into deep conversation about what their plans were for the future before they received their death call. Um, Mateo wanted to be an architect, and Rufus wished Rufus Wait, was a really huge photographer, and he kind of, or he wasn't. He was going to be maybe, and he liked photography a lot, and he wished that he could have pursued his passion for photography. So as the day goes on, Mateo becomes a little bit more outgoing thanks to rufus and rufus begins to take photos for his instagram um but and the significance is this is this of this this is that he decides to take color photos instead of the monochrome photos that That are usually littered on his instagram so so this kind of he goes for a black and white theme mm-hmm. on his last, his mm-hmm. end day. He wants it to be something different. And you'd expect a monochrome to be on his end day because monochrome is usually associated with sadness and But I regret. think the whole point of the story is is to have, I don't know if there could be a positive outlook. There definitely could be. The last day of their lives was the most yeah. important day of their lives. I mean, you could debate that, but it was a very important day of their lives. I think it, I, I and think it was it a could happy be day. the most important because this day was the one day Mateo could actually go out, be more outgoing. And this is when Rufus kind of really met somebody, met somebody who he really cares about. And Mm -hmm. I mean, even though he cares about his French, French group, (laughs) friend group, I mean, it was, it was, holds a special place. It was a different bond. Held a special place in his heart. Oh, oh shut up. Okay. And so their friendship is obviously deepening now and they go to, um, Rufus goes to buy Mateo some Lego blocks and they're going to buy their blocks and when they are when they literally just get out of the store there is an explosion 
and um, they survive it. There's an explosion at a gym, and uh, Mateo kind of builds a sanctuary while they're on the train um, away from the gym using the bricks that Rufus had bought him. And then um, Rufus and Mateo go to the cemetery so Mateo could visit his mother's grave. Um, but, but when they got there, they found somebody digging Mateo's grave. And this is a really strange sight. Like, could you imagine somebody digging, digging your, your grave? grave? Even though he knows he's going to die. I mean, it's, it's really, kind of it's really morbid. Yeah, honestly, it's very... You know that it's you're going to die, but people are already preparing and it's just for a your death in that, that kind of way. That people already have it in their mind that you are already gone. Even yeah. though you're still there, he's living, he's trying to have the time of his life. And But there's constant reminders to him everywhere that he's never going to be able to have a time like this again, and he's going to be dead. So, I mean, I feel like it's definitely a little bit, I know I've said morbid like 80 million times, but I definitely feel like it's extremely morbid. Okay, so Mateo leaves his Lego sanctuary at his mother's grave, and um, he sits down and- Oh my god! So Mateo leaves his Lego sanctuary at his mother's grave, and then he goes to sit inside his own grave, which I thought I was- When I read this, I was like, oh, "Oh, in his own grave? We serious right now? He was serious. So whatever. And he sits inside his own grave with Rufus and they have a deep conversation about the afterlife and what they think the afterlife is. And I don't know. One point in the novel, I don't, I don't, know, I don't think it's die. at this moment, but I liked how Rufus and Mateo were talking about if they see each other in the afterlife, Rufus would have like a whole marching band. So yeah. he would he would know he's there. I don't know. I don't know if it was right now, but at some point in the novel, he said that. I think for every happy moment in the novel, there was like always like a little thing at the back of my head saying like they're gonna be dead. So every happy moment became like a bittersweet moment, if that makes sense. Like, um, if you watch a show, like I watch a show called Attack on Titan, and oh my god, and you see happy edits of characters, oh my god, you just start crying. Forget Attack on Titan, Banana Fish. Oh yeah. You see happy edits of that show, but the entire show is so saddening that it just makes you cry. It's that kind of beat. It's very bittersweet. And it's like, no, it's, I'm, just, it's just bitter. Yeah, <laughs> she's, she's not wrong. Okay. Um, Rufus and Mateo go to Make a Moment, which is a center for um, Deckers, people on their last, you know, day. And they can experience their dangerous activities without fears because, you know, they're already going to die. So might as well have some fun with it. And the two go fake skydiving. Oh, no. Oh, my God. That sounded so wrong. But I said might as well have fun on their last day. So they go fake skydiving. And Mateo is like, I wanted to live. This is so dumb. I hate fake skydiving. He was not a fan. And, um... Mateo decides to take Rufus to the World Travel Arena, which is kind of like a VR space, and um, he believes that that would be more fun. Um, on the way, they stop by the Hudson River. So I used to live by the Hudson River. Yeah, same. It's not anything special. Yeah. It's actually like a sewer. The fish from the Hudson River are so scary. That, those fish probably, they're, they're like mutated. That The water in the Hudson River is so dirty. I went to the aquarium never again. I, I'm deathly afraid of fish. Uma has a, they have a weird fear of fish for some reason. It's kind of, but like, I respect it. 
But like at the same time, people it's like, will show fish? me pictures of fish just to scare me, and I'm like, stop. Okay, I like they're, they're the texture of fish. I know, I know what you're saying. I have a thing for spiders. I hate spiders. I hate bugs. Mm-hmm. I hate all of it. And people go out of their way and show me an ant, and I'll literally run right? away screaming. It's not. I want. I was. I was in Penang, which is a Malaysian restaurant, really good. But my dad went there a bunch of times, so he's just like, oh no, never again. Okay. Anyway, that was besides the point. We were at dinner, <laughs> and there was this huge fish that my entire family wanted to eat. And when it came to the table, I t- I I cried. <laughs> it was so scary like okay i feel like there's some things that you can't avoid which is maybe fish at the dinner table but going out of your way to show it was huge though it was like really really big yeah i get that i would be scared too if they brought out like a large spider but nobody i don't know people eat bugs but like yeah they do it's they're very protein oh yeah once oh girl boss moment i have to talk about for a second i was playing piano and i saw a spider on the left of my piano so i took a book and i whacked it and i was like all this blood on the back of my piano book. How? What color was it? It was like a yellow Ew. red. It wasn't like blood. It was like gunk. Ew. I don't know. It could have been blood. I don't know if spiders okay. have blood. They might. It was. I don't know. It was like yellow red gunk thing. Okay. So, um, as we were saying, uh, he's in this VR world, and they stop by the Hudson River on the way there, and. Rufus kind of thinks about the death of his family. And finally just comes to term with that it. That my family is dead. I mean, he accepts. I don't really. I think a big part of accepting that his loved ones are dead or is just accepting the fact that he's going to die soon too. And if there is an afterlife, he might see he them believes, there. He might see them there. So, I mean, that was kind of a key moment in the novel. Like Rufus's character development and throughout, and the fact that this was all throughout one day kind of showed yeah. that it was more about like the events that affected them. I keep forgetting time. that this book, even though it's called "They Both Die at the End," the book is only in the span of twenty-four hours. Exactly, but the amount of change that you see in the characters, you think, "Oh, this takes time," but I feel like character development might be more about the person and also like kudos to the author like yeah. stretching out a whole like 200 or so page book maybe more In... like having three minutes is, would probably be like a page or two or more yeah and it and remember that written... small moment activities you did in elementary school yeah yeah this that this is small this moment is small activity moment. <laughs> um so I think the amount of character development, I don't feel like character development has to really do with time. Obviously, time is a big factor, but I think in Rufus and Mateo's case, their character development came from being with the right person Mm -hmm. and experiencing the right events. I feel like that contributed more to their character development because they obviously, they had 24 hours or less than 24 hours. So it wasn't really a big thing. Okay, so... Um, realizing the importance of proper goodbye, Matteo uses Rufus' cell phone to call Lydia, which I thought was really great. I was like, finally, you mm-hmm. know, otherwise her best friend's going to be dead and he's not going to know anything. And um, she yeah. asks her to meet at Travel Arena. So Rufus, Matteo, and Lydia go on an around the world in 80 minutes tour there and they jump off a waterfall. Rufus had lot- a fear of water, so this was kind of cool because he conquered his fear there is no way if i was in this world there is no way i jumped and jump into a tub of fish there's no way i'd do that i feel but like maybe if it was your last day on earth it was my last day on earth i would take you to an aquarium no and you would conquer your fear it'd be very cool i will never conquer my fear 
That's so, that's such a negative Nancy <laughs> attitude. Stop. Okay. So, um, Rufus then receives a call from the Plutos, Malcolm and Togo, who are released from custody. And he tells them to bring his ex-girlfriend, Amy, and meet them all at the graveyard, which is a club for Deckers. Deckers have, like, you know. The graveyard with the capital G. It's not like an... Like yeah, no, not not general. a graveyard, but the club is named graveyard, which is so morbid. I feel like I mean, why would it, you name it, it? Makes sense. They're all gonna, you know. Yeah, die. I die, but we're gonna remind someone that they're going to die. I know, but maybe they don't want to sugarcoat it. I wouldn't want to either. Yeah, obviously, but if I was going to be reminded of my death every single second, why not just kill me then? Exactly right. I don't know. That may be how you die. Oh my god, what? You're so annoying. So you're gonna die at some point so the group they all dance together at the graveyard and rufus convinces mateo to kind of sing karaoke with him this point in the book rufus and mateo have been getting really close together and this is um they're in love so she stole my thunder i was going to talk about how it is an lgbtq i plus novel and um, it makes it better to be honest and i feel like the bond between rufus and mateo was it's just kind pure of, love. Exactly. It was not platonic or anything. It was mm-hmm. definitely romantic. And I feel like the two of them were soulmates. It was just kind of... I was kind of distraught that they Both met die on at the end. their last day. Oh, my God. Uma. <laughs> she never looks... She stole my thunder. I was talking about Ruth and Mateo. She's like, they were in love. <laughs> she, she did like a cheesy thing sitting here. They were like, they were in love. Hey, Uma. But she getting smacked. Okay. Okay. She dropped the tennis ball. <laughs> I dropped the tennis ball. When I do these reviews, I like to have something in my hand so I can keep in track. So I've been throwing around a tennis ball the whole time, and I just dropped it on the laptop. So that was that noise. But um, after their performance, Mateo kind of finally works up the courage to kiss Rufus. And Rufus is like, why did it take you so long to do this, dude? Come on, just man up or whatever. To be honest, that was me too. Yeah, I was like, come on. There was so much obvious tension. It's about time. There was so much obvious tension in between them, even since the beginning. So So I was kind of happy. And Rufus is able to say a proper goodbye to the Plutos. And Mateo tries to help Lydia come to terms that he will die. And and she has to live live without him. him. And Lydia was, I mean, Mateo was obviously a very important part in Lydia's life. I mean, she's literally the godfather of her baby. So okay, this so chaos. Peck, yeah. Peck, and his gang arrive at the club where Rufus and Mateo are at because he tracked Rufus using his Instagram post, and he has a loaded gun. Peck tries to shoot Rufus, but Amy, Amy is um, Rufus's ex girlfriend, and Peck's new girlfriend. So she tries to talk him down, giving Mateo enough time to kind of cause a ruckus, and, and this kind of makes Peck drop the drop the gun, and then. Mateo and Rufus leave the club, returning back to Mateo's apartment. And um, and Mateo, so they asks, go to their apartment, and Mateo asks if they can go back to the hospital so he can come out to his father and tell him about their end day, which is really sad because his father is still in a coma, and he never got to tell him that he never got to come out to him. He never got to tell them that, hey, I'm going to die at the end of this day. And, and I mean, Mateo didn't have a mother. He didn't really have anybody there for him. And his yeah. father was like the person he wanted to tell somebody else besides maybe Lydia and Rufus that, you know, 
I found a boyfriend, but I'm going to die at the end of the day. But I found my soulmate, but I'm going to die at the end of the day. Or I just wanted somebody Stop. to talk to. Definitely somebody with, like, that familial connection. Like, obviously, he was very close with Lydia. But, like, that, there's a different type of connection when I feel like it's familial, like, with his mother or his father. So that was a really sad point in this book. Yeah. Um, so Mateo sings and plays the piano for Rufus, who takes a video of this moment before taking a goofy picture with Mateo for his final Instagram post. This is so sad. I started tearing up at this. Same. I kind of cried at the No, I didn't cry at the end of the book, but I, I was, sobbed. Oh my god. Oh. Um that's awkward. That's uh that's awkward. Um I did not cry at the end of the book. I was really sad and I think I might have shed a couple tears in the shower listening to like beach space song. Sorry. My beach has. So I didn't sob. I just felt very super empty. I banged my head against the wall a couple times. So. That was me when I read the last chapter of Attack on Titan. Oh, so you didn't cry? I cried a little. Oh, I literally I, I sobbed for like four. Okay, so the last chapter of Attack on Titan came out. I'm gonna talk about this for two minutes. I cried for three hours, literally three whole. You hours. had a headache. I had a headache, and then I woke up, and then I cried in the morning. Okay, we're gonna. If, if you if you don't know like AOT manga spoilers here, um, um, I cried. I'm not gonna talk about the manga, but I cried in sixth period, and then I cried in seventh period, and then I had to take a break, and then I cried in ninth period, and then I cried that evening. Then I took a nap, and oh. I woke up, and then I cried again, and so I finally calmed down last night. I cried. I did cry. But I didn't cry a lot. I didn't cry that much. <laughs> How are you able to cry that much? I don't know. Tears just kept going out, man. I just thought about Aaron and you know, Mika. You know that one sound on TikTok that's just like Shinzo Sasage? That sound is so sad. And I cried. Like, Shinzo I, yeah. Sasage. Stop. It makes me cry. It was a beautiful ending. And everybody who says otherwise is like, Aaron should have been a total chad and killed everybody. Did not understand his character at I all. I read it at first when it was first translated from Korean and, like, before it actually came out. And I knew there was, like, something wrong. It wasn't, like, I, I don't think it was, like, directly translated. So I, it was a little, a little bit confusing to me. I don't know why. Just, like, certain things. It was weird. But then I, when I went ahead and read it on Read SNK, I was just like, wow. It's, it's a beautiful ending. It was a beautiful oh ending to an amazing manga. The scarf the scarf oh my god and, and people are like i wish this ending would have been earth shattering but like that doesn't make sense because it's an ending you're supposed to wrap it up do these people not know how stories work the climax of the story is never the ending yeah the climax i mean the battle was amazing and i think the ending was a great way to wrap up the entire thing and and it was, it was earth shattering so sad it literally was earth shattering so i don't understand i mean what people I, I expected everybody that. to die to be honest but like i like this ending a lot it was an amazing ending people were like he didn't he say I'm become a, genius, a total line. chad and make out with historia at the end i hate the ending i hate people who don't understand character arcs or don't even try to understand character arcs. Yeah, like, so if you're gonna, okay, if you're going to watch Attack on Titan, you got to take the time to understand it. Yeah, it's a masterpiece. Yeah. Like, I get mad when people are just like, Isayama is a genius. A genius. You literally won't be able to understand the show if you don't take the time to analyze every character. So if you're not going to, then there's no point. And he gives a backstory for literally everyone. I yeah. love it so much. And Mikasa's backstory is always overlooked. Anyway, so. Uh, she, they, they got a lot to talk about. Um, okay. With Mikasa, they kind of fruity stop <laughs> okay okay with any aot she, person they're all like hot so yo he kind of fruity anyways um 
And so they're basically lying in their bed and they confess their feelings to one another. And this is kind of the really sad point in the book. So oh, I'm, no. I think I'm going to do a little more of the summary from here because I feel like Lamar is going to cry. I'm not going to cry. Maybe. And so anyway, but I found this like kind of stupid. So they fall asleep in each other's arms and Mateo wakes up first and goes to the kitchen. Reminder that his stove is broken. Yeah. This part made me so mad. So he... He went to make tea for him and Rufus, but then the, the stove explodes, killing him. And Rufus basically wakes up because of the smoke eventually, and he finds Mateo's dead body in the apartment. And um, he calls the paramedics, and he lies. He's like, I am not a Decker, but you need to come take my boyfriend, who was a Decker, and he just died. And... Um, Mateo's declared dead at the scene and a devastated Rufus. He'll call Lydia and he tells her and then And Lydia like trashes her entire apartment and yeah, was, like, she really, was really like sad. It was it was written amazingly. It was so emotional. I sobbed the one well, sob. I was I felt empty the entire time. Okay. I didn't sob, but it was I felt really bad. You're just too used to saying I sob. Yeah, I, I this- say sob after everything. It's an issue. I didn't actually sob. Sometimes I like bang my head against the wall. I did that for Attack on Titan. I bang my head against the wall a lot. I'm, like, really smart, so it's going to ruin my brain. Uh, okay. So... I didn't even compliment me. Oh, yes, you are very smart. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you you expect so much. After 12 years, you expect so much. Um, Well, so after Mateo's death, Rufus goes to visit Mateo's father in the hospital, and he tells him about their day together, and he kind of tells him that his son kind of fought his fears and really lived for the first time. So And he tells him how proud he was of Mateo and it was it was definitely a very sad scene. And after this, Rufus kind of puts on his headphones and he listens to the video that he was taking Mateo singing and he steps out onto the road without looking both ways. And boom. Dead. Um, so this was sad. It was terrible. I feel like the fact that Mateo died first after Rufus, I felt like that was very bittersweet because Rufus had seen every single person he had ever cared about like that die in front of his mother, his father, his sister. And also it's kind of ironic because you would expect Rufus to die sooner since he's a little bit more rash and more kind of yeah. Outgoing then Mateo. But Mateo was. died sooner because he was just making tea. Yeah. It was so sad. The fact when they when he died, I was like, oh my god, he actually died. And I feel like the both of them, the way they died, it was a way that you would kind of expect. Like you would expect Mateo to just make some tea and you'd expect Rufus to kind of carelessly walk onto the road. But and that's what really ended up killing them in the end. I feel like Mateo dying first was, was really the it's it was it was so bitter and I'm I could not it. function after this book. Yeah, um, um, I could, but it was it was very. Sad. I, 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 I was had le- to do homework. Oh, that was me so, after Attack on Titan. You had to I do had your to, science homework. I had to do my science homework. It took an hour, and I was just crying the entire time I was doing my science homework. It was terrible. So glad it was graded on completion. Sometimes she grades it on accuracy, but it wasn't that day. So, thank you, Mrs. Burnett. Anyways, so that is it for this week's summary because I feel like if I talk about this anymore, I'm going to cry. 
Yeah, it was sad. But if you haven't read this, why are you listening to this, first of all? Yeah. But and second of all, I would definitely read it. It's an go amazing read it. book. Go read it. One of my favorite yeah. standalones. We might do like a separate just podcast for a character analysis of some of our favorite characters coming up. I feel like that could be really fun because we've been doing more books recently. Mm-hmm. And we did the Nico one, and I really liked that. That was fun. So- but maybe instead of just one character the entire time... Maybe focus on some of the main co- characters and some minor a couple characters, characters from our favorite books that mm-hmm. we feel that could all fit and have some sort of theme that they all share in between their characters. So maybe something like that coming up for one of our. But if you have any suggestions, let us know. Yeah, um, Instagram and Twitter is always linked. So thank you for listening, and see you next week. Bye. Bye.